It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Here's your host, Keith Stewart. Members, friends and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. You know, you can listen anywhere at 920thejersey.com. Just hit that Listen Now button. All right, we're back this week covering the pop culture of golf. The U.S. Open just finished. Congrats to Gary Woodland and the USGA for running a fine event. Another major this week with the women's KPMG PGA Championship at famed Hazeltine. The Travelers is happening up in nearby Connecticut for the PGA Tour. And here to cover it all with us is one of the most interesting men in golf media. His name is Andy Johnson, or better known to us as... There it is, Song of the Week, I Am the Walrus by the Beatles. Gotta love John right there. And uh, a key phrase in all of that was the Eggman. And I'm so happy and excited to bring one of golf's true personalities covering the game right now named Andy Johnson on the air with me. Andy runs a blog, newsletter, podcast called The Fried Egg. And there's your reference for the Song of the Week. And he's on the line with us. So, Andy Johnson, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, Keith. Thanks for uh, having me on. What'd you think of that little intro there? You know, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of musical references, so I uh, I admire your creativity getting the Eggman in there. <laughs> well, I, I, at some point today, I want to find out where the fried egg quote-unquote came from but um, we're going to allude to it a little bit of our musical fun that we have here on Springdale Golf Live week in and week out and speaking of fun you know I follow your blog and social media and everything and you were out covering the U.S. Open last week at Pebble Beach how much fun were you having out there on the left coast it it was a it was a great time I I think uh, all my buddies think uh, you know that there's a the glamour side to you know going down to Augusta for the Masters and going down uh, going out to Pebble for the U.S. Open and it's it's an amazing experience covering events there. But those major weeks they uh, they take a toll on you from the from the work standpoint. There's a lot of early mornings and late nights, so it was it was a lot of fun though. Uh, there's I mean getting to walk around Pebble Beach for a week there. You know if you complain you you're definitely sporting the world's mo- uh, smallest violin. Well, I tell you, a couple times I've had the opportunity to be in the media center, and I was just out there at Beth Page, and they're not short on coffee there. So I think I think your point is is uh, well put. Um, what's the best thing you saw last week? Give us a, give us a quick recap of something really interesting, a story a storyline you could share with my re, uh, listeners. Yeah, there, uh, one of the coolest stories. I think the U.S. Open. The the cool thing about the U.S. Open beyond you know if you get beyond the. USGA and the players' uh, beef. I think the ability for anybody to qualify is so neat. And one of the guys, uh, Andy Pope, who's from uh, actually Chicago, is uh, is a really cool story. He plays on the Moonlight Tour. He's 35, uh, and he's qualified for four of the last five U.S. Opens. And uh, he made the cut this week. And you know he's been grinding, playing mini tour golf for years. And uh, the way he's done it is through his golden tee prowess. 
He's apparently like one of the five best Golden Tee players in the world. Oh no way! I, we've yeah. gone to Golden Tee today. I love it. I, uh, you know, I've played. I've rolled a little white ball Golden Tee in my day. Um, how about yourself? What do you think about the Golden Tee? <laughs> you know, I I played it here and here and there in bars, but like you know, never where I would consider myself highly skilled. And, and this guy has played, you know, paid for his professional golf living, you know, playing Golden Tee, which is just absolutely amazing. So he made the cut, which you know, I, I think. I think he finished like 58th, and his it'll be the second biggest paycheck of his professional career at age 35. Well, there's no doubt that um, I guess esports are starting to take hold on the entire sports business world, and uh, Golden Tee has made it onto Springdale Golf Live. Very interesting. Well, you know what was also interesting to me was the way that Gary Woodland held it all together all weekend. So take me back. You're there, right? You get to see him. You're around him. He's there live. You get to watch the event. You see Brooks make the charge on Sunday. Put it into perspective for all of us. What do you think about Gary Woodland now, you know, a week after the U.S. Open? Yeah, it was an amazing, amazing final round from him. I think everybody, you know, the atmosphere, everybody was expecting Brooks and waiting for Brooks. And then sure enough, Brooks came out of the gate like gangbusters. You know, he was uh, four under through five. And, uh, and you, you looked at the scoreboard and, and he didn't pick up any, any ground. And the way he did it was just, I mean, it was like effortless. The, he hit it close on one, three, four and five and five. And it was just like off the races. But then you look up at the scoreboard and, and Woodland had an answer all day long. And, you know, he never, he never allowed Brooks to, to get up there and tie for the lead. And, and I think, you know, it kind of stalled. I think Brooks probably looked at the leaderboard and was like, wow, I haven't picked up any ground on Woodland. And, and it, it's a credit to Woodland. I mean, how many times do we see guys that, you know, they have that lead and they come out of the gate slow. He, he came out and he pushed and, and made some great shots and, and hit it close. And, and then coming down the stretch, he did it with, he did it with clubs that historically over his career, you know, you look at, at Woodland and he's, been one of the most consistent players on tour for um since the since 2011 2010 and uh the the, you know reason he's so consistent is he's one of the best ball strikers in the world but he's always struggled on and around the greens and uh to do it the way he did it coming down the stretch with 17 hitting that chip shot off the green which was just absolutely you know spectacular i mean that was just an unbelievable shot and will go down as, you know, an iconic shot in U.S. Open history. And then rolling in the, the long putt on 18, it's, uh, you know, it's always cool to see a guy, you know, kind of vanquish his demons, uh, you know, where he hasn't always closed strong because of that short game and putting and, and to do it in the way he did it uh, at the, you know, the biggest stage you can in golf is, uh, it's, a, it's just a cool story. Well, you know, you bring up a really good point there because the tribute to him as a champion and as a well-rounded golfer, the two signature shots from Sunday is a three-wood uphill to a small target from whatever, 270, and then a high soft pitch off of the tightest surface other than maybe a cart path that you could hit it. And you look at, you know, Gary's an unbelievable athlete and he's strong. So you see the three-wood on 14 being in his wheelhouse 
clubhouse. But that other shot probably was harder than the three would for him to hit. And to be able to pull that off, I think really, truly is what golf's all about. And you just kind of encapsulated it there in what you said. I mean, could you hit that shot on 17? Uh, you know, not probably not. I, I probably would have, uh, my, my right arm would have just stopped moving on that uh, pitch shot and I would have just dug it into the ground. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And then I'm just saying, could you hit it today? Could you and I go out there and have some fun today and not even record it, just talk about it and do it, let alone make it the se- what's the 71st hole of the U.S. Open with the two-shot lead and everything's on the line and Brooks possibly putting for birdie or eagle you don't know on the 18th green. I mean, kudos to him. You know, there's a couple Gary Woodland stories that are coming around this week that I really think um, this guy is becoming a mega star. And, and certainly, you know, him on the Today Show with Amy uh, Bockerstedt, who, you know, became famous with that viral video at the Waste Management. You know, so we see the soft side of Gary. But also he talked a lot about growing up being a basketball stud and then, you know, not being able to possibly feel like he was going to go pro in basketball. And then he takes up golf. At, almost at a time where you know somebody like Jordan Spieth's already won like two USGA events. I mean, it's it's tough to put this guy's success as an athlete into perspective, don't you think? Yeah, I, I think he's just he's been a, such a raw. I mean, he's such a raw talent. He's fifty. He's the modern player. He's. I mean, if you look at Brooks, I think him and Brooks are so comparable. But you know, the difference between him and Brooks is Brooks is you know one of the twenty best players on and around the green. You know, and that's where Gary's always struggled. It and just the the athleticism. It, it, he kind of is the modern golfer in a way, where you know he's he's big, he's strong, he hits it a really long way, and he's he's extremely consistent. I mean, that's the thing you you see with Woodland. That's just so impressive. Is every week in week out, he's just a top twenty five machine. I think he you know his top twenty five rate on tour is about fifty percent. Like you know. Half the weeks he's finishing in the top 25, which is unbelievable. You know what? I mean, again, hit the nail on the head. And plus, U.S. Open ratings. I think people like this guy. U.S. Open ratings were up huge on Sunday, 44% up from the year before. And, uh, you know, close to 10 million people were watching at one point. So I think that's great for golf. And, you know, I'm going to shift gears here for a second. And, folks, we're talking to Andy Johnson, who started his own blog. It's called The Fried Egg. He's a Chicago guy, and he loves reporting on golf. And we love talking golf here on Springdale Golf Live, so we're happy to have him here. But I I gotta know how how did the fried egg get started back in what was it 2015 and you know how'd you come up with the name? Yeah, I was I was working in tech startups, uh, and the most recent one I was working for was a uh, was a tech media site. We wrote about like tech news, and I just kind of started to understand uh, the content world and how people read and listened and watched content, and I, uh, I that. I had this entrepreneurial itch, so I started. I always loved golf. I I played competitively in the in the state amateur circuit, and uh, and that's uh, that's how it started. So it started. I was I was working, and I just do it at night. I, I started as just it just started as the e newsletter that is now three days a week. It was twice a week, and then uh, over time it it grew and and eventually decided to give it a, a go full time. And uh, you know, obviously. It's uh, it's been a, a big change in in terms of life, and uh, we uh, you know we just hired our first full time employee, which is really exciting, and uh, it's been fun. So now we have the the newsletter that was the original 
thing that we started with, uh, two podcasts, and then also a, uh, a website, thefriedegg.com, where we write long-form stuff. And we do a little bit of video. We're going to do more and more of that as we uh, continue to grow. Now, where did you come up for the, with the perspective or kind of the theme of the show? When you, when you follow golf, how did you develop this perspective on the game? Because your outlook on the game is far more fresh and proactive than a lot of the redundant material that I just see week in and week out when somebody does something kind of cool online and then I get 17 emails that just repeats the same thing over and over again. I mean, you guys always have a cutting-edge look at things. Um, how did you come up kind of with this philosophy and approach? I, I just kind of, uh, so when I, when I started it, I was like everybody else. I was just a, you know, a golf fan and, and I saw that everybody was doing the same thing. And I think to be, to do something, especially if you want to start something from, from nothing, you have to be much different than everybody else. And I, I thought that from a perspective standpoint, that's where we could be different, where we could be, you know, I, you know, I was, I was a busy professional, who played golf, watched golf, but I very rarely read stuff because like, frankly, like I didn't think that any of the stuff was speaking to me, you know, as like, you know, I didn't, I, I wanted something that had like a little bit more perspective and that wasn't just, you know, writing a gamer on how, you know, Jordan Spieth shot 65 to win. I wanted to know like, well, like what else happened? You know, what, where were the key shots and you know, what really happened? Well, I tell you what, it definitely has caught my attention for some time now. And I know that I have a lot of friends and not just golf media, because I mean, I'm a PGA professional and I'm a club pro. That's my primary role here in Princeton at Springdale Golf Club at this wonderful traditional, you know, member private club that's 125 years old. And all the younger guys there, much like they like, let's say, like a Bill Simmons um, approach and voice and his opinion on certain things, they, they love the things that you do. And, um, you know, that's what caught my eye and that's what made me reach out to you because, you know, this show is as much for the community around Princeton from New York to Philly as it is is for them. And, you know, when you first started out, what was the goal and how has that evolved now, let's say four years later? Yeah, when I, when I started out, it was kind of just like a, uh, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I thought it could be something pretty cool. I saw like a very, I saw a void like with anything like, you have to see a problem to to have a solution, and I saw a problem with the way golf was being covered, and and um, you know, I I thought it could be a big thing. Um, you know, I never thought. I I think you you think it could be big, and you could see where it could go, and like in some some aspects, I was naive to how quickly things would happen, um, or but like really like the thing I find the most is like I'm always like I'm wowed at like some of the experiences that I've gotten to have because of it or the the situations I've been in um through it where like a perfect example is you know I have a podcast with a a regular podcast with Jeff Ogilvy and it's like that's something I when I started I never envisioned you know getting to talk for a couple hours at a time every month with uh with a former U.S. Open champion and, you know, one of the greatest players of his generation. Like, that's something I never envisioned and never thought, you know, I, I always was worried about the content side of things and figured I could figure out the business side of things, you know, easily. But I was worried about, you know, myself producing content and, 
And, um, you know, it's funny, you know, Bill Simmons was one of the people that I really read a lot. I, I'm a huge basketball fan. So him and Zach Lowe were like the two writers I read the most before I, before I started it. And I wanted to do something around basketball, but I didn't want to write every day. So that's kind of what stopped me from doing the basketball thing and going to the golf route. Well, you know what? I tell you, it's been, you know, pretty successful so far and, and, and it continues exponentially just growing and growing. And, you know, I think you bring up a good point there, how your experiences continue to kind of mold that mindset that you started with. And, and you can certainly see an evolution from the early podcasts and the early blogs to where you are today and the shotgun start and the two different podcasts. So I think it's really cool. And, and I think it's cutting edge. And I'm so happy that uh, we got to go to break right now, but I'm so happy you're going to stay on the line for a little bit longer because i got a couple more questions for you including including a little of our favorite rapid fire q a a little later but uh stay on the line and we'll be back in a second all right there andy all right great all right folks it's 3 15 p.m here in princeton we'll be back with andy thanks for listening to fox sports 920 the jersey Springdale Golf Club members have been enjoying a club that's been a part of the Princeton community for nearly 125 years, with the best golf and social experience in our region. But did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's historical significance, William Flynn Design with Challenging Greens, blended with a dedicated team of associates now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in commitment to the member experience. Just announced is a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about the club and all of the amazing fun things we have planned for 2019, please take a moment and visit our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey or call 855-255-1265. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf with a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. You all know that the First Tee is doing great stuff for kids in our communities. They have campuses and locations all over New Jersey. Our friends up at the First Tee of Essex County and Plainfield are hosting a really cool fundraiser this August. So check this out. They are selling a thousand golf balls, a hundred dollars each ball. You get your name on a golf ball when you buy one. They send all 1,000 up into a helicopter and they are dropping them over the ninth green at Waquaic Golf Course. Whosever ball lands closest to the pin wins $20,000. So seriously, it's a win-win. If you win, walk away with 20000 or even 5000 or possibly $1,000. They are paying out 35000 in prizes. If you don't win, well, know you're helping out kids at a great organization. They are live streaming it, social media. It's going to be really cool. Interested? Check out www.thefirsttmetnewyork.org forward slash helicopter drop, or check out our website, and you'll see the link there. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. 
Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm Keith Stewart, and you're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Another song from one of my favorite bands is a tribute to our guest today, The Eggman. Nice job on the board there today, Wade. I appreciate it. Tremendous aplomb as usual there on the other side from me. My polar opposite. I'm the South Pole. He's the North over there. And uh, bringing in a little uh, Beastie Boys there. I know, favorite of both of ours. The song there is Eggman. And it's in tribute to our guest today, Mr. Andy Johnson, who's the creative force and engine behind the Fried Egg Golf Blog podcast newsletter covering all the cool, cutting-edge things in golf. Andy, welcome back to the show. And uh, how was that musical tribute? How am I doing so far? I'm loving it. You know, I did a, I did an episode of the Shotgun Start. We did walk up music, and it was so much fun. I mean, music's so much fun to put into anything. So I, I really appreciate the creativity. Well, did anyone ever hit you up with the Eggman before? No, no, <laughs> have not have not been hit up with the Beastie Boys. Well, I, I haven't t- heard the Beastie Boys in a while. Well, you know what? Um, you should. I mean, they're, they're there on all. They're like an onion. They got many levels, you know. And um, even if you're not a huge fan, it's a fun thing to uh, to listen to from time to time. And I, I just remember that song from way back when on Paul's Boutique. And I didn't really kind of understand the lyrics or the purpose of the song. But when I was having you on this week, I said, "Oh, I have the perfect use." for this piece of like you know knowledge that is is rattling around in my brain remembering that song and you know what you know you talk about pairing songs with people and walk-up music and golf and all the fun things that are going on right and we live in this like like my ability to grab that song off of my phone and then use it and pair it and practice with it for a second intro for you you know has a lot to do with like our our very like smartphone technology-based society right how how is your approach and your outlook on this and, and the way you kind of big picture take a look at the way our society is and the way you talked about it earlier, how with that marketing approach and how you learned how to make content something that people would grab, talk to me more about that like statement you made earlier, right? How do you make your content so infectious on the fried egg? Yeah, I, well, I, so I, I used to be a big fan of uh, Grantland. And something I always admired about Grantland was I'd put down articles or I'd stop reading them and I'd be like, wow, you know, they just wrote something that I've never even thought about. And now my mind's like blown. So, you know, I try, I want to bring, you know, different ideas that, you know, people aren't thinking about that are, have, you know, some factual context and and smart. And then you got to adapt it to the style which people consume content today. And I think, it's growing more and more every day, but it's, it's a smartphone society. So like, you know, our email newsletter, it's, you know, people, it's easy for people to read something in their, in their email. Like the point of the newsletter was you never, you don't have to ever click out of the email to read it, right? You're removing a barrier of entry. We want to make it easier and easier for people to read stuff. Right. Um, So that's, that's a big part of it. And then, you know, obviously social media is a huge thing. I mean, People are on Twitter all the time and, and being able to, you know, grow that platform and push it there. But I think that the thing that's amazed me the most has been the audio and podcast. Um, you think about every type of content uh, available to people, you know, reading, you know, an article requires, it's a very active thing. You have to sit down, you have to read it, you have to give it your full attention. 
watching a video is the same way. You have to you have to sit down, you have to watch, you have to listen. With with podcasts and you can just listen. It's a passive uh, form of of uh, content where you can listen and you can mow the lawn. You can you can be driving on your commute. You could be doing work like in a spreadsheet, and you can listen and still retain that information. I think that's one of the most amazing things about you know smartphones and even you know the next wave of things was the uh, the new Air AirPods, the ear earbuds that are wireless, like it's really made it even easier to consume podcasts. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, God bless you for that complete commercial right there for the last two or three minutes about, because this live radio show comes off Fox Sports, and I take a recording from Wade, and we post it as a podcast, and we have a whole archive of these shows covering the different aspects of pop culture and golf. And it almost becomes evergreen, because the things that we discuss are very similar to what you and I are talking about today. I mean, we might at some point get to Tony Romo at the Northeast Amateur, or Michelle Wee's comments from yesterday, and and kind of her, her desperate mindset that she's in right now but for the most part you know i want to get to know you and i i kind of want to get to know what makes you tick and folks we're here with andy johnson who is the creative mind behind the fried egg golf coverage newsletter podcast and you know when i look at what you do um, for most of us, and you could be an exception or an outlier, but for most of us, we kind of develop these mindsets because we have mentors or coaches or inspirations along the way. So I'm curious where all this came about. You know, you were in the tech startup world, marketing world, and now you're into this golf coverage world, you know, truly living out your dream. Was there somebody who kind of gave you a pivot moment in life that, you know, turned your eye and, and caught your attention and, and has acted or is still acting as a mentor to you? Yeah, you know, right before I started it, I had a buddy who had started his own company, and and we would talk regularly uh, about a bunch of things. And I told him about my idea, and you know, like he had the best advice. It was he just said, "Why don't you just start it? Why don't you just write one, and then you'll be good to go. Like you know, you'll see if people like it." And uh, so, sure enough, I you know the next uh, next day I I wrote one up and started it. And you know, we still talk today. His company is doing really well. Uh, he makes mobile apps. So he, you know, but he was also like a, a, he's a great golfer and, you know, consumer of the, of the product. So, you know, it was just like a really good piece of advice that I pass on to, you know, if you have a great idea, great ideas grow on trees, but like you got to be able to execute it and, and just starting something, if it's even just a sliver of what you want it to become, it doesn't have to be perfect right off the bat. Like, you know, people understand that things evolve and you get better at things, but if you never start it, it, it never has a chance to go. There's no doubt about that. There's a famous line that I have in, uh, in my office, and it says, dreams become goals when you write them down. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the theme there is that, you know, you got to get after it a little bit. And I love that kind of sentiment that you say that, you know, people are OK with mistakes in the beginning or they love to watch a good evolution story. I mean, just look at Tiger Woods and the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of his career and how the beginning was so high. And then there was this tremendous low and then he comes back to a high and it's it's just crazy. Um you know what? I'm going to shift gears again for another second here because we're approaching towards the end of our time together. And one of the traditions that my fans love here, our listeners on Springdale Golf Live, is that we, we do a little rapid fire Q&A with our guests. And being that you have this, um, you know, affinity for uh, a fun, very outlook of the game, I think you're going to love this. So you up for it? Yeah, yeah, right. of course. Here we go. Rapid fire Q and A with Andy Johnson from the Fried Egg. Favorite all time Chicago athlete? 
Michael Jordan. Last person to text you. Oh, I don't even know. Um, probably my wife. What makes you smile? Um, a good comedy movie. How do you like your eggs? I like them over easy. All right. If you could place one par three in your backyard, which one would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd probably go with um, I'd go with the uh, seventh hole at Lawsonia. Nobody's gonna know that. Okay, I could do a New York one if you want me to do a, a Northeast one. I'll shoot you. How about number two at Somerset Hills? I haven't played there yet. It's on my high on my list. I, I love looking at that one. That's How about a, uh, what about the what about the little volcano hole at uh, Lulu? That's a great one too. Yep, that's a great one. All right, uh, what is your biggest addiction? Coffee. On a scale of one to ten, rate your driving. Like off the tee or or driving? Car, yeah. driving a car. Car. I'm like a I'm, I'm a good seven. Ooh, a good seven. All right, all right. Watch out, Chicago drivers. All right, and when you hear the word <laughs> architect, who is the first person that comes to mind? Architect. Yes. Uh, Alistair McKenzie. Awesome. Well, you know what, Andy Johnson? We're going to have to run here in a second, and I really appreciate you coming on. I've enjoyed everything from uh, Bill Simmons to the Eggman today and, and all the things that we've covered. So thanks for being here. Thanks a lot, Keith. I'll talk to you soon. All right, folks, before we send you over to Doug Gottlieb, let's not forget our sponsors, New Jersey Golf Foundation and Summit Golf Brands. I'd like to thank my producer, Wade, on the board, Springdale Board of Governors, and Troon Golf Management. Most importantly, the listeners. I'm headed to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from New York to Chicago, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. You've been listening to Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.